0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, thank you guys. And another good morning. Buenos dias. Howdy to the live stream. Greetings, anyone listening to this podcast later. I get to share the word with you again this morning, and it's my privilege, and as usual, I'd like to invite you to follow along the outline of the message through your Bible app, or if you prefer a printed outline, those are available there in the back. You guys, we are finally in the final stretch of 2022. Believe it or not, we're officially in the holiday season, and uh, we are still... Finishing up our year theme, Every Word. I bet by now you can tell me by heart what Matthew 4, 4 says. Come on, let's do it together. People. Mateo 4, 4, como dice? And all year long, our commitment has been to? Nuestro compromiso ha sido. If you're new around here, that's what we've been up to this year. We've been reading through every word of the Bible together, reading through the one year uh, Bible plan. And you guys, there are, as of today, 41 days left in 2022. Forty-one days left this year. That's less than six weeks to finish reading through every word of God together. And I want and I want to just really encourage you not to give up. Don't give in. Stay the course. If you felt fallen behind, Press catch up on the reading plan. Let's finish reading through the one-year Bible together. And I want to go ahead and invite you. I think we may have this on the screen. Uh, Maybe uh, you already knew this, but in case you didn't know, you can go in the Bible app and save the plan that you want to read next. Okay, So go in and look for Life Journal. We're going to be reading through the Bible again next year, of course, and next year we're going to be reading something very similar uh, to the one-year Bible, but this time we're going to read through the Life Journal plan that I love so, so, so much. All right, so who's ready for the Word this morning? So I'm going to continue to teach you um, on seven ways to pray. If you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we started this, this new theme that's going to take us from Now into the new year and as we've read through every word of the Bible this year What we're doing now is kind of going back through the Bible learning about how to pray biblically How many of us want to pray right? Right not just pray but to pl- to pray right and we know that the best place to learn how to pray is The Bible la Biblia. That's right. The best place to learn is in the Bible so um as, as far as my preaching goes, the rest of the year, I'm going to teach you about seven ways to pray. It's going to go through the end of the year and into the very beginning of January, and it's going to take us to, some of you will remember we did this last year, seven days of fasting and prayer and seven nights of corporate prayer, okay? Seven days of fasting and prayer, seven nights of prayer. And for those of you that really like to be prepared, that will be January 15th through the 21st. All right? 7 days of fasting and prayer and there will be prayer together every evening. All right. 1st Thessalonians 5:17 says, "Pray without ceasing." The New Living Translation says, "Never stop praying," right? This is a prayer lifestyle. Because praying is more than just something we do. Praying is the way we live our life, right? Our life is meant to be a constant conversation with God because if you stay on your face, you cannot, oh, some of you remember, right? If we stay on our face, we can't fall. God wants us to live our whole life as a lifestyle of prayer. And like I said, the best place to learn how to pray is in the Bible. So we're going to be going through seven prayer models or tracks or types of prayer that we see in the Bible. Seven is not all of the prayers in the Bible. And not all of our praying can Always be totally encompassed by a prayer track. But what a prayer track does or prayer models do that we see in the Bible is that they help us get started and stay on track. That's right. So we're going through seven uh, different prayer tracks that we see in the Bible. And so, you know, we started a couple of weeks ago with tabernacle prayer. Who was here for tabernacle prayer? How the tabernacle in the Old Testament shows us how we're supposed to approach God, right? And, and, and it is a, it's a revelation of how we can pray. And before I get into number two, I have a question for you. How many different names do you have? You know, I bet, I, I could almost 100% bet for sure there's only one you. Right? There's only one you, but you might be known by a dozen or more names. Yeah? Why? Because of how different folks identify you and relate with you. Yeah? Anybody thinking of all of your different names? You know, some of the names we're called are, are very personal. And some are more of like a matter of function. Right? Let me, let me give you some. Okay? By the way, my name is Hunter. Some of you don't know my first name is Michael. My last name is Howard. So my name is Michael Hunter Howard, and I'm only called that on important documents. All of you know me as Hunter. By Liz, I'm known as Baby or Amor, and maybe some others that I can't say. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> By my kids, I'm known as Dad, excuse me, Daddy, Papa, or Papi. Most of the time, my parents call me Buddy. And I can't go deep into this one, but my family nickname is Hunter Flower. (laughs) You can ask my mom. She's here today for that story. Sometimes I'm called son, grandson, brother, nephew, uncle, cousin, and by my cousins, cuz, tío, cuñado, yerno pastor people have called people some people call me pastor i've been called apostle evangelist teacher boss at the doctor i'm called the patient on my mor- mortgage i'm the owner i've been known as a renter the renter at the bank i'm the account holder my license i'm listed as the driver on a plane i am the passenger I am a disciple, being called disciple, a student. Once I was an intern, for some, I'm their discipler, leader, mentor, and I could keep on going, but I couldn't leave off this last one. I lived in Mexico for eight years, and my name is Hunter, and that was kind of hard to pronounce, so everyone called me... Well, they tried to say Hunter, some called me Hamster, but... (laughs) But everybody called me güero, okay? Can you say güero? Güero <laughs> tamalero. Or güero frijolero, but güero, okay. Okay, for those of you that may not know, do you know what, does anybody know what güero means? Whitey. And most of the time it was affectionate, but güero, whitey, okay. What in the world does that have to do with prayer? (laughs) So might it be powerful to know God's names? Why might it be powerful for us, God's people, to know God's names? Right? Why? I'll tell you why. Because his names help us relate to him properly. If we want to properly relate to God, if we want to properly approach God, it's important that we know who he is. It's important to know what he calls himself, right? Because a lot of people call God a lot of things, right? It's so important for us to know what God actually calls himself. And so today we're going to take a look at a non-exhaustive list of the names God calls himself throughout scripture. This is one of the seven ways to pray. I call it praying the names of God. So as we go through this, I want you to not just learn his names, but how you would pray them back to him. Say praying the names of God. Now, obviously, there's no way to teach you this in depth in the next 20 or so minutes, okay? It's so multifaceted and so deep. So I'm just going to be able to give you sort of a quick outline of some of his most prominent names in Scripture. And as you pray on your own, you're going to dig deeper. We're going to dig deeper into his names, right? And as Ian mentioned... If you would like to come and just spend some time sitting in the presence of the Lord here in the sanctuary, Wednesday evenings from 5 to 9, it's open. It's not a prayer meeting. There's no prayer leader. We just have some really good prayer music going, and you can come in and spend some time interacting with God's names, okay? Who wants to learn more about the names of God? Well? Sorry, but God is infinite and indescribable. <laughs> There's no way we could ever fully describe him, but he has chosen to reveal himself to us by using certain names, okay? And it is so important that we know his name so we can properly relate to him. This is kind of what it boils down to. As we recall his names we declare who he is to us, over us, in our lives, right? And as we pray, it's kind of like asking God to fulfill his names in us and through us. Praying the names of God. And as we know his names and we get to know him and we pray his names it's a very powerful way to deepen and strengthen our relationship with Him, right? When you know someone for who they really are, you can have a good relationship with them. Who wants to have a good relationship with God? Praying the names of God is a great way to deepen and strengthen your relationship with Him. It's also very powerful, it's also prophetic. Because when we pray the names of God, we are declaring who he is. When we pray his names, it is us declaring who God is in our circumstances, in our needs. It's bringing the reality of who he is into our current situation, right? So we're going to learn how to pray the names of God. Are you ready? And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask forgiveness to the media team because the way it was inputted probably isn't in. in, I'm going to read the scripture first and then I'm going to give his name. Okay, so you're going to kind of have to flip back and forth. Is that okay? Awesome. All right. Who's ready? The first verse of the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God who? God created the heavens and the earth. This is the name Elohim. Elohim, which means God. (laughs) Now, this word, this name means creator or source. And it's not a very personal name for God. It's kind of like the name that everybody uses just to say God, right? God. And how many of us know that that name God or that word God means a lot of different things for a lot of different people? So it's just the word God, His name God. But it's very interesting because God chooses to use this word to describe Himself because no matter what people think He is or who He is, He is God. Okay? He is God. And the word God is el Elohim interesting enough is the plural form of the Hebrew word el not plural as in many gods but plural you know keep on reading Genesis 1 he refers to himself as we let us make man in our own image right this is the first, the first scripture, the first verse in God's word begins to reveal to us the trinity. That God is one, but we learned that he's three in one and one in three, right? He's the trinity. So say Elohim. Elohim. Now the next few names are sort of constructions. You're going to notice the, 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 the word El. Everybody say el. el. Not El, like El in Spanish, not the. El, God. Okay. And the next few words include L because they are God and one of God's names. Now we're going to go to Genesis 14 and it says here in verse 19, Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth and blessed be God most high, who's defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. God most high is the name El Elyon. Good. Whenever I say it, you can practice saying it. Some of them are much more difficult, okay? But El Elyon, we're speaking Hebrew today. We know that the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, right? So El Elyon means God most high because... God is above all and he's over all. This is where we get the word sovereign from, okay? Most high means he is above and over all. There is none above him, and actually there's none beside him because the next thing would have to be below him because he's most high. He is above all. He is uninhibited by anything because he's over it all. He's above it all. I don't know about you, but that provides me with some good perspective when I pray that my God is above and over all. He's contained by nothing, and he isn't inhibited by anything. Come on, say God most high. Then we move to Genesis 17. And it says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai. Or El Shaddai. Well, I heard one preacher say El Shaddai. So, <laughs> however you say it, I prefer El Shaddai. God, what? Almighty. Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a, bl- a blameless life. Come on, say El Shaddai. El, El Shaddai means God Almighty because. He is infinitely powerful and able. El Shaddai means God can. Man, we got to grab a hold of that. El Shaddai would translate to us as God can. The God who is able. In fact, there's nothing he cannot. The only things he cannot are the things he will not. God can. He is almighty. His power and authority are infinite. There's nothing he cannot do. I don't know about you two, but that provides a really good angle to pray from as well. That there's nothing God cannot. There are things you and I cannot, but there's nothing he can't because he's El Shaddai, God almighty. Let's continue on. Genesis 21, verse 33. Then... Abraham planted a tamarisk tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he worshiped the Lord, the eternal God. This is the name El Olam. El Olam, which means the everlasting God. God is from everlasting to everlasting, Alpha, Omega. We hear that about Jesus, right? Right? No beginning and no end. We talk about this with our kids sometimes. And Oliver says, that makes my head hurt. (laughs) No beginning, no end. The Bible says God has placed eternity in the human heart, but we can't see the scope of it. Right? There's no way we can capture eternity in our finite human understanding. But God is from everlasting to everlasting He's never not been. He is, and he's the one who always will be, right? The one who is and was and is to come. He is El Olam. If we understand this when we pray, we pray to a God who's always been and who's already in the future. Let that one just sink in for a second. When we pray to El Olam, the everlasting God. He's the one who's not only already seen everything from our past, but he already knows everything about the future. Come on, that helps me pray. That helps me pray right. Let's continue. This is one that is often misunderstood. Exodus 34, verse 14. You must worship no other gods for the Lord, whose very name is... Jealous, it says his name is jealous. Capital J, jealous. Is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. This is the name Cana. Cana, which means jealous. <laughs> Do not misunderstand God ain't jealous of you, God is not jealous of us he's jealous for us. He is jealous for us. This is like in the sense of marriage, in a relationship, right? No one else can have Liz because she's my wife. I am in that way jealous for her, right? In this way, God is jealous for us, his people, And what does this mean for prayer? It's in prayer that we cultivate and develop and maintain our loyalty to him. He's jealous. Come on, say, he is jealous Jealous. for me. I feel like there's a song that says that, right? (laughs) Love's like a hurricane. All right. Come on, let's pray it like this. This is a prayer to Kana, right? Lord... I give myself completely to you because he is, his name is jealous. Let's continue. This might be one you've heard a little more. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 and 5. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God. Come on, say, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Anybody know what the Lord is in this one? It's Adonai. Adonai, okay? Adonai means master. Adonai is more than just Lord. It's my Lord, okay? He is the Lord. We're going to get to that in a minute, but he's my Lord. He's my master. Adonai, in prayer, in our relationship with him, tells us of loving and trusting submission to him as our leader. He's my master. He's my leader. He's my Lord. I submit. We learned last Sunday about the power of submission, right? We submit. We, as, as Kwame taught us last week, we intentionally arrange our life under him, okay? Because he's our master, and we trust. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? How many of us know that he's a better leader than we could be of ourselves? Come on, say Adonai. Adonai. That's a song too. Going back to Amy Grant. All right. Adonai, my Lord, my master. In prayer, this is us giving our all, submitting our heart. Total dedication inside and out. The way I live my life to Adonai. He's my master. I am not my own master. In fact, this is very important for Christians because Jesus Christ is our Adonai. How do we get saved? If we confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is our Lord, right? We submit our life to him as Lord, and we believe it in our heart, we're saved, right? Jesus Christ is our Adonai, our master our Lord. Now, it's about to get a little bit more personal for God, okay? Because the next name is very personal to God, and it's the name from which we derive at least nine more names, okay? So let's go to Exodus 3 15. It's so, so personal because now God is speaking to the special people that he called to be his people through whom he was going to reveal himself to all the world. So instead of being Elohim, God in general, he chose the people of Israel to reveal himself personally to so that through them we can all come to know him personally. Do we understand that's that's the whole call and purpose of Israel? Israel is not superior. I, uh, superior, Israel is special, okay? Israel is not superior to anyone else. Israel is special because God chose them to reveal himself, say, personally. Personally to. And now through what God has done through Israel, through all history, we know God personally. So this is Exodus 315, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, Yahweh. Come on, can you say that? Yahweh. I heard somebody kind of say it how it really is. Come on, can you say I'll explain that in a second. But just do that. Yeah. The god of your ancestors, the god of Abraham, the god of Isaac, the god of Jacob has sent me to you. This is Moses, right? This is my eternal name. A name to remember for all generations. Come on, let's do that one more time like you're breathing in and out. Yeah. Yahweh in Hebrew, where we get the Greek word, anybody know? Jehovah, right? So what's Jehovah? Jehovah is just the Greek word for Yahweh, okay? Yahweh is known as the Tetragrammaton. (laughs) Try saying that. The name for God in Hebrew that is so big and so vast that you can't even say it. In fact, they said it was, his name was so holy, you shouldn't say it. Come on, say Tetragrammaton. <laughs> Made up of all these Hebrew letters, okay? Because he's everything, right? Abbreviated Y-H-W-H, or in Hebrew, yud He vav Hey. right? And... We say Yahweh, okay? Yahweh, and this is when you see his name, the Lord, okay? Especially as you read throughout the Old Testament, after Exodus, you see God refer to himself instead of saying God, he calls himself the Lord. Come on, say the Lord. Not just any God, the Lord, okay? Yahweh. The cool thing about this is that his name is derived from a verb rather than a noun. Come on, all of us learned in language arts that a noun is a person, place, thing, or idea, right? God's name is more than that. His name, actually, the best way to describe it would be a verb, the verb to be. Okay. That's when he revealed himself. And Moses said, what shall, who shall I tell people you are, Yahweh? He said, tell them that I am. I am. Okay. The Lord or I am. So every time we read in the Bible, the Lord, we're reading the word Yahweh, which really is I am. Okay. This is why we refer to him as the breath of life. And the Hebrews would say that that to say his name was like breathing. Or to breathe, actually, is saying his name. Right? Why? It was just, we were just dust until he breathed his breath into us, the breath of life. He is the I am. The one who is. And in him. Try to capture this in your mind. its He's not out there. We're in him. He's as close as the very air that we breathe and every time we take a breath. Even those who don't know him or deny him are basically saying his name. Come on, let's do it. Yeah. <sighs> I want you to declare this. This is a verse that we should all know by heart. I want you to say this I live, I breathe, I move, I exist in Him. (laughs) He's inescapable. Even those that hate him are breathing him in. (laughs) Yahweh. The next nine names that I am going to go quickly with are all derivatives of the Lord, Yahweh, I am. Come on, say "I I am. So every time we read the word, the name Yahweh, we're reading I am, okay? This is God's personal covenant name. And so every one of the derivatives of his name are an expression of his covenant promises to us. They are expressions of who he is and what he has promised. And you know, a lot of times maybe you've heard these names mentioned with Jehovah. That's fine. That's just the Greek version. I'm going to use Yahweh because the second part of the derivative is in Hebrew. So I don't want to go Greek Hebrew on you. Let's keep it Hebrew Hebrew. Is that okay? Ready. Okay. Is this a lot? You look like you're enjoying it and at the same time kind of (laughs) like... Good. Are we ready? Ready. Exodus 17, 12. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood up on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And after the victory, the Lord, who? The Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it out loud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. Yahweh Nisi The Lord, my banner, or I am your banner, right? I am your banner. His name is the name under whom I march. He's my cause. He's my purpose. My call is under him, under his name. He's my banner. My battle and victory, it's all under his name. Right, my destiny is all under his name and for the glory of his name. He is Yahweh Nisi, the Lord my banner. Who now, Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. This is his name. I love this one. Yahweh Ra. Come on, say, Ra. If you know who he is, you can look at the enemy and go, Ra. All right? Yahweh, Ra, the Lord my shepherd, or I am your shepherd. I don't know about you, but he's my leader. I can call on him and trust him to lead me, to guide me, to direct my steps, to take me where there's food. He's a shepherd. He will lead us on the very right path for our life if we'll follow him. He is Yahweh Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. And then he is Exodus 15. 26. Is this helping anybody get some more perspective in prayer? Yes. Exodus 15, 26, he said, If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all of his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I've sent on the, on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. This is his name, Yahweh Rapha. Yahweh Rapha the Lord who heals, or I am your healer. I am your healer. He is our source of healing and health. He doesn't just heal us when we get sick. He protects us from sickness. We just read it. It's part of his covenant. He will keep us from sickness, and when we are sick, We can look to him to heal us. He is the Lord, our healer, Rafa. Let's keep on going. Come on, is that going to help anybody pray when you're sick? It helps me pray not to get sick. I prefer to look to him not to get sick rather than to look to him to heal me when I am sick. And by the way, you can do that by obeying his commands. All right. Next one. Oh, I love this one. This is from Ezekiel. 4835 the distance around the entire city will be six miles and from that day the name of the city will be the Lord is there this is Yahweh Shama. Yahweh Shammah the Lord is there or I am there I am there now very important all right ready for just a tiny bit of history on this one the Jews in Ezekiel had been in exile. Look at this. Exile meant far away from God. Because they were far away from the temple in Jerusalem. Okay? In fact, they'd been destroyed. <laughs> so they were, quote unquote, physically, because they believed that the temple, the tabernacle, was that we learned this in tabernacle prayer, right? Was the place where heaven and earth met, right? God's presence. So they were in exile in Persia, and Babylon, right? And it had been about 70 years that they had been far away from God. And he says, he's giving them this promise that they're going to return from exile. And on that day, the name of their very city is going to be called Yahweh Shammah. The Lord is there. The Lord is there. Let's get this, you guys. God promised to be with them when they came back from exile. In the same way, when we come out of sin and the world, the exile of sin, God promises his presence with us. He is there. He is not far away. The Lord is there. Come on, say the Lord is here. Jesus is literally in our midst, even right now, where two or more gather in my name. I am Yahweh. I am there in your midst, right? He's here, Jesus. We honor you, your presence right now here in our midst. And as if that were enough, he's put his presence on the inside of our spirit by his spirit, the Holy Spirit. He promised as we go and make disciples in Matthew 28. He said, "Until the end I will be with you." Yahweh shama. Jesus is now with us. You guys okay? You good for a f- uh, just a few more? Yeah. Oh, this next one is one of my favorites. Come on now. <laughs> Abby is ready for Jeremiah 23. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up oh, a righteous descendant from King David's line. Anybody picking up on who this is yet? He will be a king who rules with wisdom. Anybody picked it up yet? Who is this? Jesus. He will do what is just and right throughout the land, and, and this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. In that day, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is his name, Yahweh Sidkenu. Sidkenu. The Lord our righteousness or I am your righteousness. We could never stand before God in our own righteousness. So God himself makes us righteous in his sight. Jesus Christ, who is Yahweh, the word, took on human flesh, became the visible image of the invisible God, the expressed image, the Father of the Father, right, in human form, so we could see him. I like to say it like this. Jesus entered time and space so he could take our place. Jesus took on skin so he could take on sin. So Jesus Christ... Yahweh Sidkenu the Lord our righteousness Jesus is now our righteousness Jesus perfectly fulfilled God's righteousness so now if you are in Jesus you're righteous not because of your righteousness I'm not righteous because of my righteousness, but because when I put my faith in him, I come inside of Christ's righteousness and God sees his righteousness on me. That's how it works. He is our righteousness. Yahweh Sidkenu. And you know what? I found out the more I press into Jesus in prayer, the more I become aware of his righteousness. The Lord our Righteousness, Yahweh's hid canoe. Now Exodus 31, 13. Did you know God had so many names that he gave himself? This is probably the hardest to pronounce, so fair warning. Tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day. For the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. A covenant between you and me or me and you? Me and you. It came from him. It's given to you so that you know, may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. This is his name, Yahweh Mekodishchem. The Lord who sanctifies you. Or I am your sanctifier. Or I am your sanctification. I am your holiness. I make you holy. He sets us apart and prepares us for his purposes. He makes us different from the rest of the world. What does it mean to be holy? Well, it means to be like him. To be holy isn't a list of do's and do not's, although there are definitely things we should do and things we should should do not, (laughs) okay? But to be holy means to be like him. The only way to be like him is him. He sanctifies us. It's him in us and on us that makes us holy and set apart and different from the rest of the world. And as we press into him in prayer, the more we pray, the more we get into him in prayer, the more his holiness becomes a reality in our lives. He's given us the Holy Spirit <laughs> as our helper. And the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, is inside of you making you holy. Holy. And not only that, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he's all over you making you holy. Setting you apart and empowering you for his purposes. Yahweh mechodeshkem, the Lord, our sanctifier. Now, I want us to just see one thing very important here. This is true rest rather than religious striving. That's why it's tied to the Sabbath. His name, the Lord who sanctifies you, he says, keep my Sabbath. I'm the Lord who makes you holy. True holiness is tied to a relationship of rest with God, not in striving to always do what's right. Because striving to always do what's right in our own strength typically gets us to do what's wrong. (laughs) Yeah? But when we're, connected to him in relationship with him and we're resting we're sabbathing we're resting in our relationship with him his holiness rises up in us and comes all us, over us and comes through us he makes us holy with his own holiness so i urge you rest in his holiness and you'll be holy let him be your holiness just a couple more and we're done. You're going to like the next one. Genesis 22 7 and 8, and 13 and 14. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, um, Father? Hmm. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. Uh, we have the fire in the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? We all know what Abraham was going to do, right? He was going to sacrifice Isaac. (laughs) Abraham's response, God will provide. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. By the way, that's a picture of Jesus. Abraham named the place Yahweh Jideh, or as we like to say here in the south, Jireh. (laughs) Which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Come on, say, Yahweh Jide. More commonly said, Jehovah Jireh, right? And actually, in Hebrew, it would be spelled with a Y, the, the Jireh part, okay? Yahweh Jireh, if you will. He is... The Lord, his name is the Lord will provide. This is actually one of his names that's like a verb. The Lord will provide, that's his name. Or I am your provider or I am your provision, okay? We can trust God and ask him to provide for us. It's very important also that we confidently receive whatever Jirah provides for us, no matter what it looks like or how it comes, Right? However he does it, I love that it says that he, the, the, the ram was offered, Abraham offered the ram in place of his son. In other words, what, Abra- what God provided for Abraham was better than what Abraham provided for Abraham. Right? The ram was better than Isaac in this case, right? And let me tell you, what God can provide for you, no matter how he does it, is always better than what you can provide for yourself. We ought to look to him to provide for us and ask him and trust him that when he provides for us, we ought to accept it. Listen, I don't know who this is for today, but you need to, you need to learn to accept your ram in the thicket. Because sometimes we expect, we sing, you're never gonna let me down, right? But we've, we sing that like, oh, when I want something, he's not gonna let me down. He's gonna give it to me, right? No, 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 no. He will not let down you down providing for you, but it might not always be the way you thought or hoped or expected. It might be a ram with his horns caught in a thicket. And I know that's interesting imagery, but I'm just here to tell you, sometimes God will provide for you in a way that might make you uncomfortable or nervous. But you better say, on the mountain of the Lord, right? That's a picture of worship. It will be provided. Yeah. Yahweh, Jireh, my provider, and I accept his provision. Is this going to help anybody pray better? Yeah. Almost done. Judges chapter 6, verses 22 through 24. This is with Gideon. Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord because he had seen God, actually. <laughs> and he cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, I am doomed. I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It's all right. The Lord replied, and again, this is Jesus, okay? It's all right. Don't be afraid. You won't die. Wouldn't that be good to hear? (laughs) It's okay. You're not going to die. You probably ought to, but you're not, okay? And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom. Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. This is another verb. The Lord is peace. I am peace. Okay? The altar remains in, in Oprah today in the land of the clan of Abiezer. He is Yahweh Shalom, which is the Lord is peace or I am peace. Y'all, it's, it's more than God gives me peace. Because if we look at it that way in prayer, we'll miss it. It's not, God, give me peace. No, no, no. Yahweh, shalom. And the word peace is is a very small way to describe it. It it means total well-being. Shalom. Everybody say, shalom. Turn to your neighbor and say, shalom. This is total, total well-being. Obviously, including peace (laughs) with God. It's more than we don't just pray, God, give me peace. God is peace. His presence literally is peace. And as we press into him, we'll press into the reality of peace as our constant reality. The more we press into Yahweh, Shalom in prayer, the more Shalom will be ours. Now, he has to be our peace because, y'all, Gideon was afraid for a reason. He knew that he couldn't just stand before God and everything be all right. I don't know about you, if it was just, if I didn't have Jesus all over me and I had to stand before God, I know everything would not be all right. Right? And Gideon understood this. That's why God told him. That's why the Lord told him, you're not going to die. I am peace. He makes peace with us we always talking about making peace with God, right? We don't make peace with God. God made peace with us. We just enter into it through Jesus. He has to be our peace. Otherwise, sin would totally alienate us from him. Jesus is our prince of peace. One more before we get to the most important of all. 1 Samuel 17, 45. David replied to the Philistine. Anybody know who the Philistine was? Goliath. This was Goliath. <laughs> also, another picture of Jesus taking on sin and the devil on our behalf. Okay? But it said David replied to the Philistine, who's Goliath, You come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of of the Lord of heaven's armies. The God of the armies of Israel's. Whom you have defied. This is not pronounced like it, it looks. Okay. This is Yahweh. Sabah. Okay. It's not Sebaoth. Sabah. The Lord of hosts. Or. I love this. I am your warrior. I am your warrior. The Lord of hosts or the Lord of angel armies. He is the God, y'all, over heaven and over earth, over the natural and over the spiritual realm, above angels, above demons, above everything. He's over and above all the armies and all the governments of earth. And if he's on our side, it doesn't matter who's against us. If the Lord of hosts is on our side, it doesn't even matter who's against us because he dispatches angels and subdues demons on our behalf. I thought you might be more excited about that one. (laughs) He is your victorious warrior and he is your defender. The Lord of heaven's armies is our defender. He fights on our behalf. When we resist the devil and the devil has to flee from us, it ain't because we're anything special. It's because the Lord of heaven's armies subdues the devil on our behalf. He's our victorious warrior. And Yahweh Shama has won, uh, sorry, Yahweh Saba has won the ultimate battle. He came as one of us and he took on the devil. And he beat him forever, permanently. That's why the Bible says everything's under his feet and now we're with him in heavenly places and everything's under our feet. We have the victory cuz he won the victory. Come on say Saba! Yahweh Saba! And we tap into and remain in the victory through prayer. As we relate to him in prayer. Y'all good? I know, that's a lot of names. That was 14 of them. It's not all of them. But that's all we're going to get to today. Except for one more. The most important name of all names. By now, you may be picking up on what that is. Anybody know what it is? Philippians, chapter 2, 6 through 11. Though he was God... highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus is the name above every other name. Jesus is the word of God He's the Lamb of God. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the name, listen, in prayer. He's the name in whom, by whom, for whom, in the name of Jesus. It's not a magical name that we just throw out there in prayer. I want something. So in the name of Jesus. No, literally, we're in him if you're in Christ. And if you're not, you need to get into him today. When you pray to God the Father in his name, you're in him, in Christ. And this is what amazes me. God humbled every other name, including all of his names, under Jesus. Now some of you'd never heard that before. Jesus is the name, Jesus Christ, above all names, including all of the names God has already used to describe Himself. It is the name that saves. We don't get saved in the name of Yahweh. We don't get saved, there's a lot of people that know Yahweh and don't know Jesus. We don't get saved in the name of El Shaddai. We don't receive forgiveness of our sins from El Olam or Elohim. His name is the name that saves because God himself humbled everything under Jesus and put his name at the top. And the Bible says very clearly that what we are now living, the time of history that we are now living, is the time where God is putting everything under Jesus' feet, everything under his name, so that at the end, the Father will then take his rightful place as God through Christ. Why do we pray In the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is all of it. We don't necessarily have to pray, Yahweh, Rapha, heal me. No, Jesus, heal me. I receive healing. We don't have to pray, Yahweh, Sidkenu. No, I encourage you to contemplate and pray his name's but just know that every time you say one of his names, you're saying the name of Jesus. It's the name that saves. He's our Lord. He's our King. Praying the names of God is a very powerful way to deepen and strengthen your relationship with him. Hello? And just like I encourage you with tabernacle prayer, this week I want to encourage you, do this on your own. Go in your Bible app and save this before you leave, okay? These names. The printed one is available there in the back if you didn't grab it. But pray through his names. Let his names become a revelation in your relationship with him. And like I said... Uh, the sanctuary is open. If you just want to come on Wednesday evening and just sit in his presence and recall his names and pray his names back to him. (sighs) To know God, you have to know Jesus. He wants to be Yahweh Sid canoe. He wants to be your righteousness. And I'm going to ask now for just the next couple of minutes, if we could avoid getting up and down, going in and out, because this very well could be an important moment in someone's life. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord, If you've not received the forgiveness the assurance of the forgiveness of your sins today Jesus Yahweh Sidkenu the Lord our righteousness he wants to say to you I am your righteousness I forgive your sins I make you right in my sight that's why Jesus went to the cross to die in our place, to take our sins upon Himself so we could be forgiven, so we could be redeemed, so we could come back into relationship with God and all He is, so we can know Him and walk with Him. Only one name saves. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And just for a moment, I'd like to ask everyone to bow your heads. And close your eyes. Because like I said, this very well may be the most important day of your life. I'm not going to take a lot of time with this because it's very cut and dry. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord, Adonai, right? If today Jesus isn't your master. If you are still your own master. But today you want to turn away from your sin and repent and turn your heart over to him and let him, make him become the Lord of your life. If today you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I'll promise you something. If you do, the Bible says you'll be born again. You'll receive a new life. You don't, we don't get a new life by trying to be better. We get a new life by surrendering to the one who gave his life for us. So right now, listen, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus or if at some point maybe you have said a prayer or maybe you think you got saved at one point but you know you're not walking with Jesus as the Lord of your life and right now you want to surrender your life, you want to be born again or if you've been backslidden, you want to come back home to Him would you just quickly, if that's you, just pop your hand up and down real quick I just want to know who you are, okay Who else says that's me? You need to surrender your life to Jesus. Come on, there's nothing. (laughs) There's nothing anyone else can do for you when it comes to this. This is your own decision. Today I'm going to do it just a little bit different, okay? Right there in your seat with your head bowed and your eyes closed. In your own words right now, surrender your heart to Jesus. I believe in my heart, Jesus. You came and went to the cross. You took on my sin. You died in my place and you rose again. Come on, if you believe that, tell it back. Tell that to him from your heart. And Jesus, today I turn away from a life of sin and I turn my life, I turn my life over to you. My heart is yours today, Jesus. I confess, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus, I surrender to you today. Thank you, Lord. If you made that decision today, If You surrendered your heart to Jesus. Rather it was a first time decision or maybe you were backslidden far from God. And today you made a a decision to take a step to come back. Today is a first day in a new reality for you. Come on, you guys can look up here at me if you want. Some of you made that decision. You made that move towards God today to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Just very quickly before we move on to the conclusion of our service, if you made a decision for Jesus today, whether it was a first-time decision or you were backslidden and you gave your heart back to Jesus today or you simply really just need to know more about this. I need to know more what it means to give my heart to Jesus, to follow Jesus. If you just text Jesus, just simply, that word Jesus to that number on the screen, it's the same number on the magnet behind the chair. If you text Jesus, we will send you a video that will explain and help you understand what it means to receive Jesus as Lord, what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be saved, and what are the next steps you should take now as a follower of Christ, okay? So do that before you go, if you made that decision today. With that, I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and we can all stand to our feet. Today, we're going we're gonna to close our service doing this. We're just going to take two or three minutes to end in worship. And as we do, I want to encourage you, as you worship him, say his names back to him, <laughs> who he is to you. You know, we have so- songs with words to them, and that's fine to sing. But as you do, sing back to him. You are my righteousness, my peace, my defender, my provider, Jesus. Thank you for all you are. God, you have made yourself known to us. You've so clearly and powerfully revealed Yourself to us. We couldn't ever thank You enough for Your great love, for loving each and every one of us and for revealing Yourself. Jesus gave us a promise, y'all, that if we're in Him, if we remain in Him, He said He and the Father would come and live with us and in us and reveal himself to each of us oh thank you for revealing yourself God I could have never found you on my own but you came and found me I could have never made peace with you on my own but you may make peace with me oh Jesus I love you I thank you and I worship you today we give you our hearts We give you our hearts in worship today, Lord. Come on, as we sing and as we worship, if anyone would, if you want to come up to the altar, the altar is open. If you'd like to come and stand or get on your knees or on your face in His presence, let's just take a few minutes and worship Him with our whole heart.